every single Saturday. On these airwaves, my name's KG Steve, the voice of your valley. On Research News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS is a citizen watch. Come on! That's you, Merced. Yeah. Every single Saturday, at least some original content. Here we are, the first Saturday in February. February. Man, they sure spell that weird. Fun, fun, phonetically hard to say that. But here we are, Saturday morning, February 6th, the 8 a.m. hour, the prime time hour. Let me put this on pause. Where do we got to go from here? Where do we go from here? I have no guests this hour, so it's easy to... Ah, there we go. Anyway, uh, my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Citizen Watch. Here on a Saturday morning, a, I think it's going to be nice. Haven't looked at the long-term weather. Not like when you live in Oklahoma. If you don't like the weather, they say, wait 10 minutes, it will change. Will Rogers' famous quote. Hopefully everybody's having a nice week. It was pretty nice weather all week. I think we got a little rain shower. You know, Luna's weather on this uh, other station we have, sometimes, uh, I don't know, it's about hit or miss 50% of the time. One day he's like, hey, there's going to be rain. I'm like, there's no rain. Sure enough, 3 o'clock. Little shower came through, so we need more, as you know. We've been talking a lot about water. It was kind of interesting on Community Conversations, which you've already heard, but uh, I recorded, what, a couple of days ago now, yesterday. We had the lady from Sigma on. I don't have her name here. Where Sigma is the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. Sign into effect by Governor Brown years ago. Now we have a 20-year plan. We've got 20 years to get it right to make the groundwater sustainable. In other words, uh, what you take out, you got to either put back in or it has to be replenished somehow naturally, recharged. Don't use it in the first place is what it's going to come down to. But uh, this, this is a new agency. You probably noticed it on your tax bill. This year, for the first time, Sigma, doesn't matter where you live, the city is not excluded because cities, municipalities, they are not forced, but, uh, you know, it's either let the state manage it or do it locally. And we, of course, want to do it locally, as we always do, want to manage our own water locally within the, the rules. But one of the big things I asked yesterday was water meters. Of course, it is a rule now if you drill a well. I'm talking about on wells. If you drill a well now in the county of Merced, you will be required to put a water meter on it. I think the big question is what do we do with the existing wells? Do we put water meters on them? Because how do you know? I mean, how do you know? Got a pipe sitting there. Is it on? Is it off? What's going through it? How much is going through it? And the reason I ask is because the basins that we're in, which I understand, I believe we're in four basins, the way I understood the presentation. And the three of the four are overdrafted, which means there's more coming out than than's going in. So the, the information that you need to know how much to put back in is very critical, i.e. how much is coming out. So I think water meters are going to be a big deal at some point on the county level. Uh, with the new Sigma Group, which again is a, a county agency. So we're going to try to bring more information 
about that, how it affects, how this water issue really affects some of the local uh, folks, some of the local growers, agriculture, as you know, there are a lot of deep wells. I can only imagine, and I don't know what the charge per acre is. Is it just a a monitoring? In other words, how much are you taking out? Don't worry about it. We just want to know, or is it going to be a a fee associated with it over a certain uh, gallons, a certain amount that you take out? I don't know. So these are all really new things. But I found it fascinating that uh, there's a lot of changes on the horizon when it comes to water. So when we get the rain, the little bit that we've got, and again, we're not anywhere close to where we need to be. I think we would normally get a foot or so. We're, we're half of that. So I, I don't know what the what the weather holds, but take advantage of the nice weather. Enjoy yourself. Get out there this weekend. If you're so inclined, come and pick up trash over on the south side. There's a big uh, group getting together. Well, right now, as a matter of fact, not that we want you to miss Citizen Watch. Of course, you can always listen to us on the podcast. Uh, the uh, What do they call On demand, I call that. 1480kyos.com. Go to our website. But uh, McNamara Park, about 8.30, they're going to start heading out. Of course, they could use you all morning. Lunch uh, will be served, I believe, around 11, 11.30, I believe, in the same area. But going to try to clean up basically between MLK uh, going north, west, depending on which way your compass goes in this town, over to West Avenue, and then down to, I believe, all the way to Child's District 2, basically. This is Council District 2. As you know, Mayor Serrato has been uh, very uh, visual and vocal about cleaning up Merced, getting these organized cleanups. There's been a lot of private groups. I think Merced Walks comes to mind uh, that goes along the creeks. I mean, these guys are literally repelling. It looks like they're going up Half Dome to get to some of this trash using pulleys and ropes. I don't know what today holds. This is mostly alleys and things. I don't think there's any waterways in the future and i'm going to go down there and participate you know we record the show early this is not live but it's close so i'm going to participate a little bit down there help out you know but the question the question becomes and i i saw in the facebook post a few of them you watch you know you see what other people are commenting about and they're like hey i don't mind helping out you know really and i don't either i kind of kind of fun you know to do it once in a while but this is becoming a real regular thing and what what i see in certain parts of town, after these cleanups happen two, three, four weeks later, uh, really not that long. It's just back to uh, business as usual. Uh, people dumping things, uh, encampments going up. Now, obviously, today is not a homeless camp abatement, but I can't help but notice when I get off the freeway over there on Childs Avenue, the condos, as they're affectionately called, the girder bridge system there on child's avenue where it goes over the railroad tracks where people have been living on and off for years there was an abatement over there i I don't even know if it was a month ago i believe it was after mayor serrato was in office and again it's really not mayor serrato the city's issue that's uh, right where the county transitions Uh, you got caltrans there uh, the southern pacific railroad that's right-of-ways there. So it's it's jurisdictional issues to be sure, and it certainly isn't just the city of Merced. But the idea was to clean everybody out of there. You, you know, drive a pole in the ground with an aluminum sign that says no camping, and that's supposed to keep them out. Well, it hasn't in the past, and it's not now because they're back. 
First it was one tenth, then it was two, then it was three. I mean, it's just like, uh, I don't know. So what do we have to do? And then uh, don't get me started about the Merced Inns and Suites over there off of Childs Avenue where Cova's, the old Eagle's Nest, that poor business owner. And I'm not talking about the motel owner. I'm talking about Cova's trying to exist over there, trying to make a living in that environment. It is absolutely terrible. There is going to be some press on this issue, and I welcome it because it, it is something that is just, just should not go on. I had the occasion to go over and uh, visit one of the newer restaurants over there, the drive through area, as we all are regulated to because they don't trust us inside. And I, I noticed there's a vacant lot, big vacant lot between the Holiday Inn Express, beautiful beautiful new building that was built i don't even think five six years ago and then the uh, merced uh, marketplace gateway whatever it is you know welcome to merced merced gateway marketplace there the beautiful beautiful sign there uh, you know where the arco the kfc the kentucky fried chicken and there's this big lot a vacant lot that was fenced off the fences are toppled over and there's a couple of entrances from the Merced Inns and Suites property that have been pried open, jimmied. You know, the uh, the bolts have been loosened. The chain link fence has been taken down. The, the people use it as a shortcut to get to the alcohol that is served at Arco or wherever they're going to get whatever they're going to get. And the trash. You cannot believe the trash in this vacant lot. And so here's this big, beautiful sign, a 60 feet tall, illuminated, welcome to Merced. And you're sitting there getting gas or getting a, a you know, a chicken leg or a wing or a nugget. And you got to look at this. And I, I'm asking myself, why isn't the hotel owner, the, uh, the inns and suites, the, the innkeeper, why aren't they keeping those gates secured? Why aren't they picking up the trash that gets uh, distributed out there from obviously their property or the people that are on their property. Now, I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. So again, this homeless issue and the uh, issues that happen. Now, some of this illegal dumping is not necessarily necessarily the homeless. It's people that have homes, have apartments, and they just want to get rid of their stuff. And as I mentioned on the show, I believe it was last week, the county of Merced at their board of supervisors meeting tightened up the code enforcement for illegal dumping, whereas before they had to find you in the act, red-handed, so to speak. Now they can go through the trash that they find dumped along the orchards, the byways, the ditch banks. And if they find two pieces of, of identifying information that can tie you to the trash, well, guess what? You may be looking at a fine from, I believe it was 50 to $5,000 a day, I think the city of Merced probably has some of these ordinances already in place. And I wish code enforcement would be a little, I don't know, more diligent if they see this kind of dumping going on. But you have folks that literally, you know, get, get a new piece of furniture, get the new big screen, and the other one goes down the block in the alley like it isn't noticed. You have to realize everybody has a ring, almost everybody has a ring camera, some sort of surveillance video. Again, Merced Neighborhood Watch, hours, this is a Facebook page, hours of entertainment watching what fellow citizens do 
uh, <laughs> do out there when they think nobody's watching. So, again, this illegal dumping, you talk about something that's sustainable, something that you never have to worry about running out of stuff to haul to the dump. I think one of the uh, good comments that was made by Scott Silvera, Supervisor Silvera, District 5, the west side's the best side over there, taking over for Jerry O'Banion, he made the comment that since we've gotten away from the spring cleanup, uh, you see a lot more illegal dumping. I don't know if folks remember, it wasn't that many years ago that once a year in the spring, everybody was allowed to put whatever they could lift, haul, drag, push, tow into the right-of-way, and the city would come along and throw it all away. Now, this is before we had the daily scavenger hunt here in Merced by folks. I don't know what that would look like now because it, it would sit on the street maybe for a week. You know, they'd give you a week. I mean, they didn't enforce the no part. It was amazing what people what people would throw out. But we don't do that anymore. Now we make people haul it to a, a school, to college, some central location. But now, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's hard for people to do that. Not everybody has a vehicle, a truck. It's just as easy to drag it outside or to the alley. And that's unfortunately one of the things that has happened here in the city of Merced. So again, if you're so inclined today at the McNamara Park, 8 to 8.30 is the mobilization time. And then everybody's going to head out after that. Again, lunch will be served. They've got quite the quite the uh, gastrointestinal delights for later. Uh, anyway, and there will be more of these events, I'm sure. Hey, listen, we're getting uh, close to the end of this segment. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Citizen Watch, which can only be heard on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. I want to thank last week's guest, Councilman Del Ray Shelton, who was able to replay his interview in the 6 a.m. hour today. Appreciate you guys listening to that. And again, if you ever want to hear any of our old shows, 1480kyos.com, they're all right there. We're up to, uh, what, 160? 170 shows. Couldn't do it without you. Really appreciate all of my listeners. We'll be right back after these brief commercial words. try to find me. Let me pick it up trash today. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. Hey, the sun's coming up. I don't see any rain on the windows. I think we're okay for today. Oh, but it doesn't rain on our parade. Wet trash. Ew, who wants to pick up wet trash? Ah, here we are. Citizen Watch, the voice of your valley. Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. KYOS. Second segment of the 8 a.m. hour. Oh, let's see what we're going to play next. Luna, don't forget. Hey, here we go. Party all the time, baby. Uh, Dave Luna, as you know. No, we're not going to play that one because I think that has some. I think that's a uh, the edited version. I don't know what's going on there. What is happening? Oh, can't go wrong with that song, can you? 
Hey, uh, here we are Saturday morning. Last week we had Delray Shelton in. Really appreciate Delray coming in. We're going to bring more of his Project Unity information as the meetings, as things progress on that. There was a Merced City Council meeting Monday night, first Monday in February. As you know, the Merced City Council meetings are the first and third Mondays. Atwater, our friends to the north of us, they are the second and fourth Mondays. There's a couple of months there. At the end of the year, they don't have that second meeting. But uh, we're into the meat of the year, the new part of the year, so they're back there at two meetings. Uh, also a special session, uh, early council meeting there in Atwater to reappoint a vacancy to their planning commission. I didn't get the name of who they're considering. I don't know if there were multiple applicants or not. Also, the regular meeting of the Atwater City Council meeting will begin at 6 o'clock. Not much on the agenda. Noticing a few things. We'll probably talk about those later. But at the Merced City Council meeting last Monday, it was fairly, I don't know, it was eventful and and, and not. Uh, there were some ceremonial matters, uh, boxing legend here in town, 105-pound weight class. I, I don't know if they call that featherweight, lightweight. That is one. I, I was never, I can't remember 105 pounds, but this gentleman has done a lot of uh, great things, evidently, in the boxing world, up-and-coming star. And, of course, I think the, 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 the story there was the gymnasium where he trains at here in town. And how they've been uh, supporting him, uh, supporting of not only this individual but youth in general. So uh, what else? Did we got a McCag update? Merced County Association of Governments update from Stacy Guzman. Uh, they are the regional transportation authority, as you know. They run the bus. They also run yards. Yosemite Area Rapid Transit System. An absolutely great. Uh, program if you've never been there they have a free program right now free travel on yards free passes the bus if you haven't known our local transit system it's been free since april of last year with the covid pandemic they really didn't have a way to take money they didn't want to touch it and they didn't want to have any interaction with you and the bus driver or at least minimize it so they haven't been taking any fares stacy uh, director guzman indicated that was going to be ending soon uh, they've got to start making some money again and as people get vaccinated as we have the ppe i think they've put the plastic shields on the bus i don't ride the bus that much and uh, anyway so they made it where they're going to start or they've done where they can you know now start taking money again start taking fares so the free ride literally is coming to an end i don't know when she indicated maybe a couple of months it kind of depends on this Pandemic, you know, the lack of the vaccine, the, the tears, yellow, red, blue, wherever we're, we're going. And then uh, what else did she talk about? She talked about Measure G money. And this is, again, a presentation to the city council in Merced. So while $68 million were collected out of Measure G, about $7 million was spent here in Merced. And as you know, roads are very, very expensive. I don't know how many linear feet that got us, but that's better than $0 million. And of course, the bus—they were—they were really kind of the the big recipients out of the Measure V. Did I say G? I think I meant Measure V. The uh, you know pave our roads, the road tax, that sort of thing. So uh, again, 
the bus, they got, I think, 5% right off the top. And that's maybe why they're able to offer the free rides. One-way streets, Caltrans, as you know, that's kind of an issue over there on, was that 13th Street, where it's one way between R and V. Just an absolute nightmare over there. Also on the other side, uh, what would that be, 14th Street? So those, hopefully those, you know, again, dealing with Caltrans. Big, 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 big deal. They're also trying to get a park and ride for yards somewhere where they can uh, have people park and ride yards. So park and ride is just basically a big parking lot. Also, McCag runs the dump, affectionately called the landfills. And one of the things that she made mention of, again, Stacy Guzman's presentation to the Merced City Council last Monday night, was no treated uh, wood products. No treated wood waste. Now, folks may know that treated wood is resistant to uh, rotting and termites and bugs and things like that. That's why they treat it, because wood being a cellulose natural fiber material will uh, just disintegrate into nothing. You know, papers made of wood, all these different things. So they treat wood. They used to uh, treat it with some pretty strong chemicals. I thought over the years that it got better. But her point was was no treated wood waste would be allowed at the dump site. And so they're going to have to pull that from the waste stream. As you know, these waste streams, it used to be you had one waste stream. It was a truck. They picked up your trash and they dumped it. It was like a big solid pipe from your house to the dump. Now everything's diverted. Starts at your house. You have, what, three or four cans? Two, probably minimum, green waste and the regular waste. Some people have the blue recycling. I don't know about a fourth one. Who knows? Anyway, the point being is we're diverting our waste into these different streams, and evidently treated wood waste is something that's going to be diverted right on out. So that's kind of interesting. Again, a state requirement. I believe food waste, she mentioned that also was something, a uh, high percentage of food waste, what restaurants, that sort of thing, uh, bio waste, that has to be diverted out of the waste stream also. Now, something that when the waste finally does get into the ground, that it naturally does, it produces methane gas. The University of California, Merced, has talked about piping the gas that is produced at the dump that I don't think right now is used at all. And taking it over to the university and using this as green energy, they would be using it for electricity production, heat production, that sort of thing. Of course, they'd have to pipe it from the uh, pipeline. I don't know. Is that that the keystone? They have to pipe it over from the dump, excuse me, the landfill, on Highway 59. We're not talking about Los Los Banos, at least not yet. But the uh, Highway 59 landfill, you know, which doesn't have an official name, We should think of an official name for the Highway 59 landfill. Anyway, they're going to pipe it from there over to the university where it will be used. Now, this is just a a potential uh, something that's going to happen. There's going to be a workshop on the 10th of this month, uh, which is next Wednesday, about this project. I'm going to try to attend it. I love uh, renewable energy because this is kind of renewable energy when you think about it. Methane gas. Even though it is a hydrocarbon, which is, well, it's a bad word for some people. They don't like those hydrocarbons. And and then you get into a pipeline. Oh, what if we have a breach? Anyway, uh, it's going to be talked about and whether or not they can finance it. It'd have to be a joint effort with the county. I think that's the devil in the details. Because this, again, this isn't a new plan, this methane 
capture, uh, sending it over to UC Merced. It's just who's going to pay for it. You know, who's going to who's going to buy the pipeline? Who's going to you know put all the uh, wells in? Because you got to go down and drill into the trash. Got to move these things around periodically. They did it in Southern California. I saw it successfully done in San Diego. Again, they used to run uh, cogen generators, that sort of thing, kind of offset the electricity usage at a big desalinization facility they had uh, near the dump, the landfill. And so it was kind of a, a symbiotic relationship there to use the waste gas to power the equipment to desalinate or purify water. Now here, I think they're just looking at helping the university offset their energy costs. So again, what's greener than that? So if you want to attend the workshop, not quite sure where it's going to be. Apologize for that. She wasn't, didn't say where it was, but when it, it's, it's, it's a Wednesday. So probably, you know, during the day when people are working. Let's see, organic waste. Oh yeah, that's, uh, I did write that down. New lore, diversion by uh, the 22nd, oh no, next year, November, excuse me, January of 2022. Boy, these numbers, I'll tell you, when you get out of, used to writing 1980 for so long. Anyway, of January of 2022, organic waste has to be diverted out of the waste stream. Also, commercial cardboard recycling. So, and then again, they talked a little bit about illegal dumping. It's so costly to do it uh, illegal. It's, it's so, it's, excuse me, it's so costly to do it legally, to legally dump things that it's really costing, uh, causing a lot of folks to illegally dump their products. Merced Recycles, this is an application uh, for kids. It's kind of interesting. She uh, indicated, uh, Stacy Guzman again, McKay, indicating this uh, Merced Recycles app has a, 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 a thing that will notify your kids when it's time to take out the trash. It'll send a note to their uh, smart device. So I think that's kind of funny. They call it the Waste Wizard application. So that was kind of enlightening. There from McCag, and again, we, we always like to have McCag in. We'll have to see if uh, their spokesman can come in, Mary Michael Rawling, who appears on Merced County Morning News to give us a little more insight into what you can and what you can't take out to the waste facilities. As you know, they have a carpet recycling program. They do the oil, the paints, that sort of stuff. They do do the cleanups, but not that often. Again, you have to take the stuff out there. And they have a lot of free dumping fees. One of the big things they talked about, maybe doing a partnership with the county and the city of Merced, is the bulky item drop-off facility. I love the name of that facility. Whoever came up with that should get a day off. And that's over there on Highway 59 and Yosemite Avenue. That's the old Boulders Unlimited. Unlimited Boulders at one time over there. Now you can just drop off your couch. And they're open Tuesday through Friday. Uh, four days a week, 12 to 3 p.m., and now I believe it's two Saturdays a month. And you can drop off pretty much anything over there if you're a resident of the city of Merced. What they talked about doing is expanding that uh, to county residents. Basically, is it better to allow people to drop off at a facility or just, you know, by the side of the road? So I think hopefully common sense will prevail of course, I'm sure there's costs associated, a revenue-sharing agreement, if you will. So hopefully the county and the city of Merced can come to agreement with that. Maybe it takes all the cities. I don't know. Do the same thing over there at uh, Billy Wright. They, they need to have an area where people can drop things off. Again, not everybody has the transportation 
uh, to get these bulky items, the trash, the couches, the old TVs, to a, a facility, even if it was free. But to those that can, I think that's a good resource. Again, it's so expensive to dump trash that people are just dumping it illegally. And we just, you know, that's just the way it is. In the public comment, there was a person that came up, talked about where the bus stops are along 16th Street, specifically in front of the Transpo Center, uh, where the bus stops. They should have the lighted pedestrian crosswalks. I believe they mentioned N Street, K Street, L Street uh, over there. I, I think that's a good idea. People are always darting across the, the bus service over there to get to the Transpo Center. It's kind of a, a long haul between stoplights there, so there's a lot of crosswalks, T intersections there, especially N Street. I don't know. Maybe the city can look at that, something in conjunction again with with Caltrans. I believe Caltrans uh, has some say on what happens there along 16th Street. Well, we got to get out of this segment. Whoa, that started quick. Well, I appreciate you guys with us here. Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. Just bringing you a little news and information on what happened at the Merced City Council meeting last week. We'll talk about that and also the Board of Supervisors meeting. A lot happened there. A lot of money being spent, my friends. We're out of time for the second segment. Citizen Watch, Saturday morning, 8 a.m. hour. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll be right back. Memories get in the way I walk around I can't hear a sound Folks talking loud But I don't see at all I gotta get away Gotta get away I don't know where to go Games people play Night or day They're just not matching What they should do on Saturday morning. It's too nice of a weekend, isn't it? Yeah, I hope the weather's nice. Hey, here I am, Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Saturday morning. I love this. 1245. Yeah. No, not quite 1245. About 745, though. Or 8. Oh, 845. What is it? Hey, here we are. Here we are. Third and final segment of the 8 o'clock hour. 6 o'clock, we had a replay of the Delray Shelton, Councilman Delray Shelton, City of Merced, Councilman Delray Shelton, and his Project Unity didn't get to talk about a lot of other things. We have we have to have him back in to talk more about what's going on in the City of Merced. Lots of exciting things. Also, hopefully going to have Sheriff Vern Warnke, that's right, the top law enforcement officer in the county on these airwaves next weekend, if possible. Saturday morning, 8 o'clock hour, talked to the sheriff about some other things. Asked if that reward was still out there. He said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. As you know, they had a, they had a little jailbreak. You know, it's, it's not the sheriff's fault. I went into that. Why that happened? That was under, you know, nothing's been, was done under previous administrations for years. Oh, there were, there were grant applications submitted, but they weren't, uh, well, they weren't done in a way where we could get the grant. Then we got the grant, and we didn't build the facility because, you know, solar panels, you want to be green, was more important. And we had a little breakout at the central jail. I guess about a month ago now. Six folks went out the roof, down a hand-braided ladder, or excuse me, ladder, hand-braided uh, rope, 
I understand it's pretty far down the building from the roof of the central jail. Three people were apprehended. Three are still outstanding. I believe the reward started out at 5000 Now it's up to 10000 That's a lot of... I believe that's tax-free. I don't know. Anyway, hopefully we'll be visiting with the sheriff. So, so different than four years ago. It was about this time, actually a little before this time, that the sheriff and the sheriff's posse went back to Washington, D.C. for the inaugural. If you were, uh, remember, that was when President Trump was elected, and we were asked, the sheriff's posse, beautiful horses and the presentation team, I, just a, a wonderful thing that they have over there. They were asked to go back to Washington, D.C., quite an honor, and we were honored to help in that effort. This year, I don't think there was much going on at the inauguration. It was uh, blank streets. There will not be any controversy about who had the biggest crowds like there were when the sheriff took the horse posse uh, back, the sheriff's posse back. It was an absolutely unbelievable event. Really, really a nice time. Hard to believe that was just four short years ago. Well, we were covering the Merced City Council meeting that happened Monday night, Monday the 1st of February. It was a uh, it was a fairly long meeting, actually. A lot of back and forth on the uh, firefighters, what we're going to do about police, fire. This was mostly fire. Uh, police is in the same boat, but let's, let's keep on the order. Uh, we ended up with some, uh, we ended up last segment, we're talking about lighted crosswalks on 16th Street. The crosswalks that go to the Transpo Center, some of the busier intersections on 16th. gets pretty busy there. You have two lanes each way and a turn lane, I think. I don't know if there's a turn lane. Anyway, it's a four-lane road. And then it then it got interesting. This is, again, public comment. There was a phone message. You know what I don't like is they don't read the written messages. In other words, if you write a letter, and again, you have to keep your letter within a certain period. You can't write some essay, some novel. You, know, you can't send war and peace in there. It has to be, you know, 300 words, blah, 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 which isn't a lot, but they don't read them. They include them, and then they say, you know, they do this little uh, disclaimer. Uh, the uh, letters were included in the packages before your meeting. Did every, anybody want them read aloud? And, of course, nobody says yes. I mean, that just prolongs the meeting. Don't give them a choice. Read it. It's public comment. And if people write it, you should read it. So here's the, here's the rub, folks. Just call in. You know, if you're... Uh, little nervous, public speaking, you know, recorded a couple of times. I don't know. But call in. And then you're sure, uh, you will be sure that everybody, everybody, even the public, hears it. And somebody that called in was uh, somebody not happy about the new grant for businesses under five people that was forwarded by Councilman Jesse Ornalis. This was the Charlie Huddleston grant. Not a, not a happy family member there. Uh, and the and the the big deal here is the family was not included. Now I find this interesting because there was such talk about this by Councilman Ornalis about how important this was to the community, and he wanted to specifically at first limit his efforts, the money given by the city to just a specific ethnic group, and it was told, no, you can't do that. That's not allowed. That's not lawful. So instead, it was to be named after an individual who was very, very uh, much a pillar in the community. His name is known, Charlie Huddleston, very, very uh, big on youth, uh, getting youth involved in the various sports, that sort of thing, looking to our future. Uh, He was called Uncle Charlie by a lot of folks. Again, he was just a father figure to many, many 
kids growing up. And the family called in, not one, but two, and said, nobody called us. This isn't something that Uncle Charlie would want his name attached to. Maybe something youth-orientated, maybe something with the Parks and Recreation Department, something, but a business license fee? They found it offensive. And I would just try to, you know, Jesse Ornalis, he, he's a hard, he, you know, he knows it all already. He knows it all. Reach out to people before you start promoting what you think is a good idea because this has backfired and put egg all over the city council's face and the city, I have to say, because now what do you do? Now what do you do? I mean, a business program is a great idea for everybody. Not to be specific, not to be, well, exclusionary to the benefit of others. You don't do that. Haven't we learned by now that's the direction we're trying to get away from? But you should at least talk to the family that you want to name and spoke so highly of in the meeting. When he was giving these presentations, uh, Councilman Ornalis, you would think by what he was saying that he had talked to the family or some representative, but... Oh, no, it was clear by these phone messages. And again, if you want your opinion heard, I'm glad the Huddleston family did not write a letter because we never would have heard this. So anyway, a big screw up, big, big, big screw up. You know, sometimes there's a saying, no good deed goes unpunished. Well, you need to let people know that you're trying to do a good deed in their name. And if they don't want to be associated with it, well, then you, you back off. So now, I think the city is almost in a position where they need to recognize Mr. Huddleston for what he stood for, which was not to, according to the family, help businesses with five or less people. It's to help the youth in this community. So again, maybe they can make lemonade out of lemons, get another 10000 I don't know. But that was embarrassing. It was really sad really sad. On the consent calendar, there was an item about allowing banners to be flown on our light poles by the University of California. Jesse Ornalis and Bertha Perez voted no. I have no idea why. I found that interesting. And then there was a uh, issue about using probation department referrals to clean the city buildings, the public areas, no offices, nothing like this, nothing where any uh, sensitive material would be. That was one of the concerns. But it was interesting, again, that uh, a lot of pushback from the two, two of the newest members of the council, Bertha Perez and Jesse Ornales. One from Bertha talking about compensation. The idea is for some of these probationers to work off some of the court costs, the restitution, the things that they owe for getting in trouble, their debt to society, if you will. And Bertha Perez, Councilwoman Perez, was concerned that they were not being uh, taken advantage of, exploited. And they should be compensated the same as somebody doing that same job. Now, I don't know if she would like them to be a part of SEIU or join AFSME or something like that. But again, I think we're kind of overlooking the idea. Part of this is a corrective action uh, to try to correct bad behavior. And again, this is one of these diversion programs. Instead of putting you in juvenile hall, you do a little work release, a little uh, work, you know, a little sweat equity for the city. And even that gets pushed back. Even that gets pushed back. So 
The uh, item was forwarded, but I believe uh, those two councilmen voted no. It was interesting that uh, one of the council members, uh, Councilman Echevarria, said, hey, this is real simple. You don't want to uh, pick up trash at the city? You don't want to, uh, you know, uh, go and wash cars? Don't get in trouble. That's what Mother always said, and it's so true. Keep your nose clean and, well... It's easier said than done. I understand, and uh, you know it's difficult. But again, I think this is a better alternative than juvenile hall. Then there was a lot of discussion on the fire grants. There was three fire grants. Two of them were no big deal. The safer grant was the big one. This is where we're going to staff uh, twelve positions. This is Chief Parker, our new fire chief, wants to go after millions of dollars. Uh, basically, you get these folks for three years, but you have to keep them a fourth year. I don't believe it's a fifth year. It's just one extra year. And that's the rub. Where do you get the money for the fourth year? After you've had, you know, nine, 12 guys you've hired. And we need personnel. It's amazing the amount of overtime that's been spent here at the city of Merced just in the last uh, fiscal year. Millions of dollars in overtime. A lot of guys off on work comp, injured status. Again, firefighting is a tough, tough, tough job. You know, run into a burning building. There's uh, junk all over. Fight. You know, the air, this, that, and the other thing. Very, very physically demanding job. They're having to bring back people that have been. Uh, I don't know if the word laid off. What do they call it? Callback. This sort of thing. And it's just adding to our overtime, which is just it, crazy. It's kind of like the sheriff's department over there at corrections. And I understand overtime is just crazy. And then you get into a safety issue, right? You're you're tired. You're fatigued. You know, the prisoner gets away. The the, two, the burning two-by-four comes falling down. You don't see it. You really need to be on your game, and you need to have enough personnel to not only adequately but safely staff these positions. So this uh, safer grant, a lot of back and forth. Kevin Blake and Delray Shelton, very vocal uh, and voted no uh, to the uh, going after this money. But really, it's one of our only paths forward that we can see to get new personnel besides the extension of Measure C, which is necessary. This is the bond measure that sunsets in 2026. Let me tell you, folks, if we don't extend that, well, you better, you better get a long hose. You better get a pump, you know, drain the pool when something happens and uh, buy a shotgun because you're not going to have police and fire if Measure C doesn't get passed. And this, don't even, let's not even start talking about the buildings that we need a new central fire station. Did you know that? The one on 16th Street over there, they're, uh, they're out of room. We need a new central police station. We don't even have the land for that. We sold the Sunstar site. We sold the Rayleigh site. We have an idea, but no land and, of course, no building costs. So, again, these bond measures, very, very important. So a lot of back and forth. I think the uh, direction was to go after the bond to see what can, ha- uh, to see what can happen. The other thing is starting our own paramedic program. Now you're getting into some political waters that I don't know how that's going to go. But again, God bless the new chief, thinking outside the box, bringing the new ideas. You know, you get that honeymoon period. So again, wanting to start our own paramedic program, uh, reimbursement for ambulance calls, us doing some billing, getting those costs back, fee recovery, cost recovery, words that are music to my ears. I think we should have been doing that for years. So again, we're going to be looking at those things to help augment the fire department in their personnel. But again, we have a lot of big deals. Measure C, huge, huge, huge uh, deal that we have to pass here in the next couple of years. We have a couple of chances to do it. 
As Mayor Serrato said, there's a couple of, uh, you know, big elections coming up. The mid-year elections in 2022, midterm, and then, of course, the next presidential elections in 2024. Very, very important that Measure C get passed by then, because otherwise, I don't know what's going to happen to our police and fire, but I can tell you what's going to happen to Citizen Watch. We're out of time for the 8 o'clock hour. My name, it goes quick, doesn't it? We'll have another half hour together here before I have to go pick up trash. And then, what, next weekend, try to have Vern on. Vern, Warren Key, the sheriff, hopefully. Now, my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll see you next week.